Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A Radio Info Raw Edit podcast. The conversations behind our reports. HT&E had its first ever post-pandemic AGM. And with me today is its CEO, Kieran Davies. Uh, Revenue was down, naturally, but can you put that into some sort of perspective for us in terms of by how much and how that affected dividends and profit? Well, we were actually just talking today. I mean, this time last year when we did our AGM, you know, the world was a very different place. Um, We were all very uncertain about, you know, COVID, the pandemic, lockdowns, economic activity, confidence was, was obviously rock bottom and there was nobody out and about and uh, you know our perception that the AGM last year was, was was quite a you know quite a conservative perhaps some would say even bleak place um what, what what was pleasing if you like was that you know from sort of June July onwards radio actually performed really well throughout the, through the in terms of listenership um you know although the, the the economic activity was pretty low you know people still and advertisers still use radio where they were spending. And what I'm really pleased about today is that, you know, as a business, we have come through the pandemic in much better operational shape. We've got a very clear strategic focus on what we're doing. We spent last year investing in a lot of uh, digital technology and systems. And, you know, our, our ratings consistency, our rating success means that we're, we're winning share. Uh, the market is coming back and, and we're feeling an awful lot more positive about the future radio's role in the future, digital audio's role on top of that, and we'll talk about the two combinations in a second, and, and the return of, of strong advertisers headband to radio, which is, is a fantastic place to be. Um, you know, we talk about streaming, we talk about podcasting, we talk about digital audio, and for a second, we, we don't forget about the importance of what broadcast radio is, both from a listener and advertiser perspective, and, and we don't see podcasting, taking from listeners. Sorry about the noise, Peter. Um, We don't see podcasting taking from broadcast radio, and indeed, we don't see uh, podcasting revenue taking from radio revenue. The two are extremely complementary, and podcasting, streaming music will take from from digital players as opposed to core radio. So I I look to the future with great confidence. Um, We're investing as a business. We're hiring people again. Uh, the radio market is growing, listenership is growing, digital audio offers are growing, and, and we're in an unbelievably exciting place. Now, you did just mention podcasting. Um, what part of the business does the cash flow from co- podcasting, um, what's the percentage of that? Yeah, it's small at the moment, and, and there's no doubt about that. Um, but, but equally... You know, we're we're going to see the podcasting market grow double in the next twelve months, and, and exponentially grow in the next three to five years. There's, there's no question about that. But the important thing to remember is that, you know, what's the role of each particular platform in 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 advertising for clients? Radio is is a frequency medium. 
it's a call to action medium, it's a retail driven medium and, and will, has never been anything different, will never be anything different. Podcasting is very often a, a brand awareness medium, it's a brand association business. So, you know, where, where before that was the main domain of TV or out of home, actually podcasting audio can, can take that place. And what we've invested in is, is understanding the creative behind both, what engages listeners in what environment and what messaging works best. And one of the exciting things that we did this year was launch our, our, our Neurolab um, function, which is actually talking to and understanding how consumers react to audio in different environments and what advertising communications and messaging works well in those environments. And, and we're definitely seeing that radio's role as, as a medium frequency call to action is, has not changed, but podcasting is much more of a brand awareness, brand efficacy, um, and building different communication briefs and creation as a result. Now, just going back to the hard parts of the pandemic, now, during the pandemic, the staff took uh, a pretty big hit. Some had to leave the business while everyone else took a 25%, well, what was it, 20%, I think, pay cut for five months. Will there be a re- reimbursement of that at some point? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, no, unfortunately, and, and we're all in the same boat. You know, that, that was the year that was. Um, and, and I, you know, I spent the first, you know, few, few moments of my presentation today talking to, thanking, and admiring the dedication of all of our staff who did that. Um, I, I think between that and the, and the JobKeeper program, it meant that we were able to stave off much firmer and harsher job cuts that, that would have had to be made. Um, so, you know, for that, I, I was fully admirational of, of all of our staff. But equally, where we sit today is we're a business that, that actually didn't have to let as many staff go as maybe other media companies did. Uh, that we, you know, we had intended to keep the staff cuts, uh, staff salary cuts, on running longer than we did, but we start we turn them back sooner, uh, and we're now offering a, a, a very clear path for an exciting future for the business. We're hiring again, and we've got you know future and, and job succession and job progression coming through in the business. So, while it was very difficult for all of us in in, in the pandemic last year, we didn't have as make as many job cuts as other media organisations. And we, we provided a clear path through to growth where we sit today. So I, I would hope that, that people see the, the, how we treated last year as a positive and, and are looking forward with confidence in the future. Now, you said radio has proved incredibly resilient. You said it like it was almost a surprise uh, that it's held up so well for so long. Are you surprised? I'm not, no. But, but uh, you know, I, I deal with... A lot of um, the, you know investors and, and, and people who look at our business in terms of long-term growth and trajectory, and unfortunately, radio is often bundled in with more traditional media, and I use inverted commas, like newspapers in terms of, of audiences dwindling, advertising dwindling, um, the, the, the growth of, of huge global behemoth digital players being the downplay of, of radio. 
And as we've seen throughout all the years, no matter what combination or what competition comes up in front of radio, it still comes shining through on top. And we saw it with TV, we saw it with CDs, we saw it with YouTube, we saw it with Spotify. Regardless, radio's share of advertising revenue has been circa 8 to 9% standard for the last 20 years in Australia. That hasn't changed. I don't see that changing because of the content that we do, the communication, the community that we build, and the connection that we build with audiences. And that connection is actually going to deepen further as we move into more digital audio. So long as we invest in local talent, local communities, and don't go down a syndication route that other markets like the UK or the US do. If the opportunity came about, would you look at purchasing more radio stations in the future? I'm a huge fan of radio, so so yes, I would, because it's, it's a fantastic medium that I believe has long-term sustainability in this market, so long as we can invest and, and continue to nurture new talent. And that's one of the challenges as an industry that we have to, to look to, is how we're going to bring new talent into radio. And, and one of the reasons why, you know, the association that we have with TikTok, I find really exciting, because... There's a group of influencers, of, of, of new media people who are connecting with an audience, but actually have a communications skill that, that, that would work really well in radio. And, and if we can tap into that sort of audience and bring them into the radio sphere as well, then the opportunity is very exciting. But, but we're going to have to find that talent. And that's a big task for the industry. Now, Bauer UK uh, has just released a s- string of subscription-based radio stations is that something ARN has even discussed? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the pillars that we talked about today was, was how we can diversify our revenue potentially over the next three to five years away from a pure advertising-funded model. And um, Because as a media organization, that, that's what we've got to do. And subscription is one of those things that we're looking at. iHeart Radio could be another potential. Specific radio stations is, is another thing that we could look at. I think it's, it's, it's one of those, it's a very difficult, challenging mire to work through um, and their offering would want to be very compelling because people are, similar to newspapers, used to consuming radio in a free environment and I, I you know, down the road I, I'd be hesitant to change or start subscribing to Kiss 1065 but if there are sub- specific sort of communities or genre of radio stations that have a very high affiliation or a very high desire from an audience niche audience, then, then that is something that we could look at so you'll be watching the Bauer experiment fairly closely? Yeah, indeed. And, and, and one of the great things that we have with iHeartRadio is, is that they've obviously started looking at this in the U.S. and trialed it already. Um, and, and, you know, we often get asked about iHeartRadio. And one of the great things for me about this particular platform and the partnership that we have is that we've great control over the local content, the local monetization, the data capabilities that we have. But we're backed by a global player who's investing hundreds of millions in AI um, development, infrastructure development on the same platform and trialing things like, like subscription-type-based radio stations. And so we're taking a lot of learning from them and watching what's happening. Karen, thank you very much uh, for your time. It was great to talk to you as always. As always. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for your time. Bye-bye.